So welcome back to CPA Live. We are live on Facebook and I am here with the fabulous and fantastic George Powers from Syracuse. I do apologize. Every time we talk about Syracuse, I feel like I need to explain where it is, George. <laughs> you probably do. Although it's official. Somebody from somebody else from Syracuse connected with me on LinkedIn yesterday. So oh. there's now just a random thing to say. Vincent Howard is back with us from Florida, and we've got the fabulous Eric Swick. And have you all noticed what I've been talking about on Daily Dave this week? <laughs> yes, we've been talking about leadership. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you taking a look. Yeah. And I, particularly this week, we want to focus in on the critical need to prioritize skill during this phase of the year that we're in so it would be fair to say this year has been confusing for a lot of people covid currently in britain there's different parts of the country doing different things we're almost like we're like a bite-sized version of the us i think eric and vincent george so i wanted us to embrace this idea this simple idea that i've been talking about this magic key is you and in this case to make the most of your magic key what I've also been talking about is improving our skill and ability. So the audience of the people I've been talking to most of the week has been uh, people like uh, CEOs, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, so or just humans, actually. So it gives us a pretty broad spectrum. Uh, and I'd like to throw this out to uh, Vince to kick us off. So, Vince, um, what do you think? Uh, about skill and which perspective do you connect with the most out of these four? So I'm going to go with the CEO and, and Dave, your, your leadership uh, presentations over the last couple of days. I don't know if I heard this on yours or if I read this somewhere else, but I heard a really interesting definition for leadership and it said bringing into existence a better future than otherwise we would have had. Nice. And I thought that kind of really zeroed in on what you, what you've been preaching to us, so so to speak, about we have to develop a skill set to be better leaders. So from the, you, you want me to go into what I have on the CEO side, what I've, what I see some of our issues are. I would love you to, and then ask Eric and George just to see what they think. All right, so. So one of the things that we had looked at was as a CEO, what kind of gets in our way? What, what prevents us maybe from doing uh, the things that we need to do to be better leaders? And I think at the top of the list for most of us is ego. So we're, you know, it's, it's that fear of making mistakes. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear of being uncomfortable. Our own ego doesn't let us get out of our way to learn. We already know it. Or, you know, most of us went to college for a for a specific uh, designation or degree, right? You, there was no bachelor's in CEOing. Um, you know, there was a bachelor's in accounting or a bachelor in finance, and so we don't have the skill set or weren't taught the skill set, and it's something we have to constantly work on. So, one of the things that um, you know, workload gets in the way, as we had said. Obviously, there's just problems with date with day to day. I think to be the best leader that we can be, the best CEO that we can be, 
We should only do the jobs that only we can do. Everything else delegate. We need to be better leaders. So why do we need to do it? I think that goes back to the definition of leadership to build a better future. We want a better future than what we would have had, not just for us, but for our team, for the firm. You know, the firm has a lifeblood all its own. So, um, you know, some of the examples that that I would give you for that, uh, you know, if you take a look at, at what you've helped us with or what, what we've done in our own practice, everything from culture coaching and, I hear this so much from our clients. Oh, culture is not that important. Culture is the current of the business, right? It's the water flow. So think of being in a river, right? It's easy to go with the flow, but if the flow is going the wrong wrong direction, yeah. you got to put yeah. your feet down and trudge to the other shore. And sometimes that means you got to make the tough decisions. You got to make those bad calls. So we want to make sure that that we're doing some form of culture coaching. We want to make sure that we're doing some type of a framework so that we have a clear and distinct vision and goal. And you know, last thing was like the worst examples to me are the people that they either don't lead by example or they don't lead by the right example. Yeah. I was in a I, I was in a meeting uh, recently that I thought they kind of hit this right. You know, they could kind of hit the nail right on the head. They asked the question, if you, if somebody was going to lead you, they better have what? So they asked us the question, right? If you're going to be led, that person better have what? And the answers range from everything from honesty to clear vision to uh, competency. And we found out that there were five direct things, right? People want direction, significance, success. They want trust both directions. They want to be trusting and be trusted. Uh, they want you to be competent in your job. But once again, do your job, not necessarily everybody else's job. Care about the team, care about the person, know them individually, and then lead by the right example. So as a CEO, I think we have to put our time in to be better leaders. We need to get the head trash off our plate, we need to take ego out of this and realize we're not good at this by default, right? This is not something that we're comfortable with, like working on a car or doing a tax return. This is a skill that we have to constantly improve upon and work on. It's true that, it, do you think it's widely recognized? I think there's a lot of ostrich syndrome if I don't see the problem, it doesn't exist. One of, you know, one of the other things when we, you know, and Dave, you, you and I have had the conversation about culture for what, four years now. Yep. Uh, one of the statements that you made a really long time ago, and if not, I'm going to give you credit for it anyway, said what you allow will continue, but what you model will thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think that has stuck, right? It's so lead by example, lead by the right example. Do, you know, be the leader that your team needs you to be. And to do that, 
this is a skill set that we have to constantly, you know, whether it's daily, weekly. I had today at one of the meetings, I had to put down what's my biggest weakness. Yep. We know what that is. I don't listen like my life depends on it a lot of time to the team. I finish their thoughts. I don't allow them the chance to fail, which means I've robbed them of an opportunity to learn. And that's something that I have to constantly work on is shut your mouth, take a step back, let them fish. Yeah, Dave, I would, I would like agree with everything Vince just said. But to add to it, what I think happens is the day-to-day -day just gets in your way. And what yeah. I think a good leader does is he, he plans time to be a leader too. I think you have to carve out time to really play that role so that if you have that time carved out, because time is the most precious thing you have and you can't, you can't create more of it. It's, it's limited. And so it's making sure that you're using your time on the right things. And if you schedule it and say, hey, I'm going to spend, you know, every morning I'm going to come in and be a leader in my organization and spend time on leadership things as opposed to getting into meetings or doing work or whatever it may be. You just have to make conscious effort to dedicate time to it. It's a, it's a really good fact. And, and I also think as part of that responsibility is I was writing about it this morning and the, a leader or a, or a CEO, remember, which is what we're talking about, has a responsibility to develop the skills ahead of the needs of the organization. So, you know, there's nothing worse than a team or leadership group going through something challenging and the CEO is learning for the first time how nerve-wracking it is. You know, have they gone off to find out, learn, experience, get through the difficulties, you know, cut their teeth early so that, you know, they can focus on applying that skill benefit in the real battle that's in front of them. Go, go ahead, Vince. Well, and expanding on what, on what Eric said, kind of reiterating what I said earlier, don't you think that goes back to the CEO should be doing the things that only the CEO can do, right? That's leading the team. Yeah. Not necessarily doing the production, but you know, if if they're stuck in that working in the business mentality, they're never going to work on it and lead the team to success. I agree. It made me think about one block in the river doesn't make a bridge, but eventually several blocks will. So. George, does this differ from an entrepreneurial perspective, do you think? Uh, uh, completely and tremendously. Uh, and because, you know, what Ben said is, is, is excellent and awesome and really makes you think about, you know, as a leader and a CEO where you want to go. Because I think in, I guess I can, I can pick on the U.S., but probably also the world, we have a leadership drought. Uh, we have a real problem with and a lot of, you know, not just public, but private industries are not leaders. Uh, we don't see that. And um, it's one of the greatest, I think it's one of the greatest challenges and hurdles that businesses have from going from the entrepreneur to a CEO and or leader. Because as an entrepreneur, you're, 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 you're the guy swinging the bat, you're up swinging, and you're making mistakes, and you're learning, you're backing up, and you're doing again. And that, that's pretty much what, uh, you know, an entrepreneur or someone that's it's in the trenches, at least at that point in time. And it's also a very, very difficult transition to go from that to a CEO. And most people never make that transition because 
like Vin said, is you got to get out of doing, you know, you can, you still do the thinking and the visioning, but you got to get out of the doing on a daily basis. And most people find it much more comfortable to do because it's how they got there in the first place. They can do better than anybody else in their organization many times. Well, that's actually many times a, a challenge, a problem because they can outdo. And like Ben said in his, he's, he can probably outdo all his people. So we just want to fix it before they make a problem <laughs> and instead of letting them have that problem. So I think an entrepreneur is someone who, uh, you know, he goes out and, and swings and makes a mistake and, you know, gets the mud on his face per se, or his or her face and, and creates the, the vision and get started on it. So it, I think it's a, it's a very significant different, place than the ceo uh, as vince has uh, has has put out there they, they they learn by doing they uh, you know they, they'll figure out different and new ways because i see a lot of my clients that will start out as an entrepreneur in one direction and two or three years down the road they're in a completely different place um not because it's a bad place but because that's where that's where the customers drove them and yeah. that's where they went and uh, and that's what happens that's what happens with being an entrepreneur is they they create, they figure, they vision, uh, and then the problem is they need to get out of the way then at that point in time. And w one of the reasons why I'm talking about this, George, is that there, there is an intrinsic need for us to recognize that skill development daily is vital in leadership, in business, in your life. And yet many of us get caught, I think, on autopilot by accident. Yeah. Um, well, so, a go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, David. There's a saying out there that uh, I don't know if you guys probably have all heard: "Green and growing, or ripe and rotting." So as that's soon right. as you figure you're, you're you're all ripe, you learned it all. That's when you start to rot, and uh, you, you got to continually be be working on your skills at all different levels in order to to keep advancing. You're exactly right, Dave. And and also, don't quit the skill learning too soon, because I think I think entrepreneur and CEO. I was once having a conversation with a. CEO and we were sat down together and the conversation went a little bit like this. I'm so fed up with my people. You know, my people aren't good enough. They always do this. And we went through each of the people to talk about what the actual issues were. But what was fascinating is the conclusion was still the same though. They were a reflection of the CEO in the chair. I said, there's nobody after you. So Actually, as a coach, I only want to ask you one question. Do they reflect what you're really like? And if so, what changes do we really need to make? Because they were complaining about their own recruitment, their own people. Uh, and there was, you know, there was nowhere else to point the arrow, Eric, right? It was actually yeah. straight, straight back at them. Mm -hmm. So, um, George, I do know you don't have the whole time with us. You are free to vacate anytime you need to, right? Um, but I think when we're looking at these different roles, I mean, Eric, you've prepared some work to talk to us about today. Um, work, walk us through what it is you think is a great so, question. Yeah, and I've worked with or for several different CEOs over my career. Yeah. And the skill set that I feel is really important, especially as a coach now, is being able to tell stories. But they have to be impactful stories where it leaves an image. Uh, some of the stories that I've heard, I, I mean, I'm talking 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. They yeah. stick with me. They yeah. stick because I have this picture in my mind. And it's, I don't know, it's the way the mind works. That stays in there. And so being able to tell a story that gets across a point that you want to get across, I think is very impactful. 
And so one of the things that I'm trying to work on is being able to do that. I mean, I think I'm a pretty good storyteller as it is, but it's constant work to, to continue to fine tune that skill. I, I absolutely think that's a, that is a vital um, tip that you've given. Yeah. Um, I've tweeted just by a little bit for you because there's also telling a story that matches the audience or the person oh. that, you, that you're talking to. Yeah. But what happens, do you think, when a person hears a good story? What do they experience? Does anybody know? Well, I'm sure it's some kind of mental thing that you're going to enlighten us about, Dave. <laughs> well, I think you, I love the way you're bringing Kurt Rickoff into this with his email. <laughs> Have a good enlightening time. <laughs> and so there's, there's, there's an old saying, as soon as that's phrase of the day here, uh, that when somebody hears a really good story, they put themselves in the story. It creates space for empathy. And imagination. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, Eric, if it's a good story, they can see themselves in it. Therefore, you save so much effort of attempting to convince them about something yeah. by giving them that example. So, I think it's a brilliant leadership suggestion and skill, which is what we're talking about, to work on and improve. Um, what other thoughts do you have, guys? Well, it's interesting. You know, I often tell people my story, and my story always starts with. The reason I went to college and got an accounting degree, because if I got a business degree, I'd have to go out and do sales. It was the last thing I wanted to do. I'm yeah. not a salesperson. And then I got into the corporate world. I had my first job. And guess what? All I had to do was sell people on. It was usually concepts on why we need to do things. Why do we need certain you know, controls in place? And, and I was when I say selling, I was telling them a story. Typically, I would tell them, well, you know, this once happened. And here's the outcome. And this is what you can do to keep it from happening. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I just I, I think back to when I first started my career and having to tell stories or sell, because um, that's what really selling is a lot of times. It's telling people stories to get them to, to believe you and, and come along on your journey. So, Vince, you're going to say something. Yeah, Dave. I So. I don't know if maybe we did the talk slightly out of order because the way I see it, right, is the entrepreneur is kind of where we start. Yep. But we sometimes need that coach or that advisor to get us to the true mindset of a CEO. Yep. Kind of yep. had us go in a different order. And that might have been intentional, but I I do see that you know most of us aren't born into that CEO role. And, and we all bring our own fears and our own head trash with us uh, because we're so comfortable in what we do as an entrepreneur. As George said, we're good at making widgets, right? We're, we're good at doing X, Y, Z, and we're the best in our firm or in our business at doing that. But we've got to be able to teach that, hand that off, and trust that the people that we hire are going to do that. Are they going to make mistakes? Yep. Use it as a learning experience. Yep. Uh, roll them forward. But then that coach or that advisor hopefully helps elevate us into that CEO platform, into that leadership role. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a great believer that leaders are not born. No. It's, it's a learned skill that you have to go to town and it's a, it's a lifelong learning skill. In order to be a leader uh, and CEO or 
Uh, you have to learn how to do it, how to interact with people and, you know, how to tell the stories to do that. It is very much a learned skill. So, George, can I just clarify? Are you telling me that when you were born, your mom, your mom didn't pick you up and say, this is George Powers, CEO? <laughs> I can say that nobody said that all the way up to a whole lot of years, Dave. <laughs> it was more like, oh, I hope I don't have to pay for you the rest of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, you raise a really good point. There, there is no, there is no rule book for this most of the time. Yet there are truisms, as we brought a couple up today, that you can apply in fifty years' time. Hundred years ago, it was the same. You know, I wrote about the golden rule today, and and it's often misunderstood as a cliche, which is treat others how you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Now, to do that, you need skill, and you need to practice skill to be better at it. I would suspect. Yeah. So it's a good analogy. Why should coaches be learning? Now, there's a big question. You know, as a, a coach who's been around for a very, very long time, why do, why do you three think coaches should also be learning? I, I, I got a question for you. Why should they not be learning? Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like a standard they would have to be learning with new people. Totally. All the time. Well, how, could, how could you ever consider them not to continue to be learning? I mean, if, if you want to take it all the way back to just the most basic and it don't make it sound small, but uh, coaching uh, any sports team, there's constant yep. innovation, constant changes. You say the rules don't change. Well, the rules may not, but how you, how the nuances of the game do. You look at any sport and the coaching that's gone on in the last 20, 30 years has changed dramatically. And and that's just a very small sample because business certainly in 20 years has gone, gone incredible changes. And if you, if you don't stay up with that, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, I agree with you, George. And, you know, as an example, just technology alone and what that's done to, you know, business and our personal lives, um, you know, you got to constantly be learning and being on top of what, what change is happening out there. Yeah. It's, it's funny, though, right? We talk about humans, and I, write, I like writing down humans because it's the safest word to capture any type of person, right? Because we're all the same. We've all got the same insights, right? So, so if you cut us from anywhere on this planet, um, we'll bleed the same way. So, but yet, when you step into that world as, and take a human perspective, of course we've got to learn. You know, it's, it's like the easiest assumption you could ever make, isn't it? And I, I'm impressed by people who leave countries and they go to other countries where they don't speak a word of the language and somehow they find a way. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I, I know I've not had to do that. I mean, yeah, I've lived in Spain, but it, they've, the Spanish are as good at speaking English, if not better than we are. So so actually, they make it very difficult for you. But could you imagine not being able to speak the local language in a total immersion if we just did a little bit of that in, yeah. in leadership? What do you think might happen? Yeah. You know, the other thought I have, Dave, is you bring up humans. You know, I just think of organizations and Leadership isn't because you have a title or because you sit on top of an org chart. I think leadership throughout all organizations. I've seen people, you know, I've worked in a lot of factories, the guys working on the floor that took leadership roles, you know, it may have been, you know, they were a union steward or something, but also they just take a leadership role in helping a new employee that just came in and showing him the ropes and how to get around. You know, I, I think leadership shows up in all different places. So, quick pop quiz question. Let's see, uh, as we bring this up to the almost the half-hour mark, 
in a few minutes' time, I'm going to ask you, how do you do leadership? Now, I'm hoping one of you will remember. If you don't, it's fine. I'll remind you. How do you actually physically do leadership things? One word. What's the answer? Let's go. Let's go to George first. Oh, geez. Of course, you have to start with me. One word. How do you do leadership? I guess uh, do it. I don't know. That's that's two words technically. So I don't know. You got <laughs> okay. me, Dave. Brilliant. Let's go to Vince. Influence. That's a good idea. I, I would say that's a good idea. You know, you're nearly, nearly there. Um, now then, I, let's, oh. let's. What's that? I'll, I'll just say inspire. That's very good. Um, influence, inspire. Again, uh, anybody for a last minute change of heart with a quick, quick insight that drops into your mind. So you're Believe. leading us. Coaching. It's coaching. That's okay, right. Here we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and coming back to your comment, Vince, it is a vital part because it's it, that's how you inspire. That's how you influence. You could be coaching anything. I, I go back to many years ago when I worked for Dixon's Group and working at a Christmas period where the till would go down as in the printer would be broken or something. Or you might have to reset a terminal way back then. And it would be so easy just to take over. But you knew if you taught someone to do it, the next time they would alert you and do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you're actually at the next level of escalation straight away next time round. So then you're on to the next skill after that. So it's remembering that, I think. You can be coaching many different things, but that's why we, we started to talk about seven, eight years ago, leadership coaching specifically, so that you could understand that leadership was important and it was doing something. Pretty easy to understand, though, isn't it? That was the idea, right? Because people would say, how do you do leadership? And you'd have all kinds of conversations. I've heard some of the most successful people I know say, yeah, it's coming up with some strategy, Vince, right? It's coming up with this master plan. No, it isn't. You know, that's not – and difficulty with leadership, it's measured over a longer period of time anyway. It's three, four months, six months, a year, several years in many cases. If you get up to politics, a term, right? So it's measured for a chunk of time. So how do you actually improve that knowing it's, gonna, it's got a massive lag on it? It's by coaching on a daily basis. The things – and going back to the comment you made, Vince, earlier about – building a better future, bringing it into existence today and coming right back to those watching through skill, a commitment to skill improvement as well as all the other things that we're also committed to. So on that note, Dave, I've got to let you guys go. Vince, Eric, good, good to see you. you. Thanks for your time, Gio. So, so Dave, I Dave, sorry. Do you do you see this as a as a longer term problem as we've kind of entered into this um, this generation of immediate gratification, where building the skill set to be a good leader, right? It it doesn't change immediately, and and in a lot of cases, it's worse immediately to make it better. And as as you said, it's a six month, it's a nine month, it's a twenty four month. Uh, project where 
you're constantly working to make it better, but it's not like the next day I can turn the page and go, woohoo, all the problems are fixed and you know, we're yeah. good. That that doesn't happen. And and I just I see this as uh, maybe a bigger issue because people are so used to, you know, this immediate, I get, you know, I get results, right? I ride, I drive through Chick-fil-A, yeah. I immediately get food. I, you know, I turn on the, the TV and I can immediately stream whatever movie I want to see. I don't have to wait for it to come out at, you know, XYZ theater. Leadership's not like that. You know, leadership's the marathon, not the sprint. I think I think you're right. I I would say it's probably an ultra marathon or an ultra marathon max, because ultra yeah, <laughs> uh, you could keep going. And and the issue the issue is for me, right? Debbie and I were talking today about teaching and equipping people to go straight through a conversation, even when it's an ugly conversation. And by ugly, I mean you become as an acronym coming here, Eric. Ugly is uncomfortable, right? Your gut your gut is 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 going no. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do as a result of that? You want to leave the conversation and it's how do you stay in a yes mode? There's the, there's the acronym to carry on having a conversation because that where most of us will back off, that's leadership breaking down. Now that doesn't mean bulldoze through. That means if Eric, if you and I are in a disagreement at a relationship, let's remember that and trust you are going to go through the middle. I know you're going to go through the middle. We're going to keep going till we reach a point of either impasse or action, right? And it's hard to practice, but that's why I think it's a marathon, Vince. Because the conversations you don't have because you back away or the other person backs away or because of surprise the conversation doesn't happen, good leadership skill practice means you'd make it okay for them to push through the middle. You'd make it okay for them to challenge you back. You'd make it okay for you to be able to say, Eric, you've not quite got this. Do you mind if I have another go at making it clearer? Because it and you own your own responsibility for not doing a good job, right? So it's there's so many needs for it today. It's gonna demand an element of practice. So I think it's a great question, Vince. Is there, is there a tip um, that either of you would give from your career so far on this subject that you think is vital? I mean, I think we've covered a lot of them already. We have, yeah. Yeah. Be real. Be vulnerable. And, and I don't mean weak. There's a difference. Yeah. I would say be honest with yourself. Yeah. And that's the be. Yeah. And that's that to me, I think, is that be real where. Yeah. If we're answering the questions about our, you know, our strengths and weaknesses and, and we're in coaching, right, to be better CEOs, don't give the resume bucket list of your weaknesses. You know, oh, I take on too many projects. Oh, you know, that just means you suck at delegating. Um, or, you know, uh, make it a, you know, what's your real weakness? And those are the things we need to work on. Care about people. I think if you care about people, you're honest. And, and, um, when I say vulnerable to me, that was really going back to the more of like having the empathy and really caring about the, caring about the team and letting them see that you have, you know, you have some frailty as well. 
it makes a more human relationship, which helps bond that team. I think you've 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 hit a really good clue there. Mm -hmm. uh, I I have to tell you, years ago, I used to be described as the as the guy in the team who turned up at the airport with a passport, and because I trusted what people were doing, I didn't even care where we were going, right? Which was true. I did it twice, right? But it then became this myth. Oh, Dave doesn't do any of that, right? I know he doesn't read those things, so it became something else does that make sense and out of banter and laughter sometimes you can make it stick accidentally but like you said vince the weakness isn't an excuse to either hide behind or to allow others to enforce on you either when there's a dedication to an improvement process that's committed to over time great advice so let's just do a bit of a recap to anyone watching we've had lots of people dropping in and out today we're looking at the importance of skill development this week with RLC. We're asking the question, if you had a magic key that would give you the future that you wanted, would you use it? I asked that question on Monday. I'm sure most of us would. What I'm talking about with my friends today here in RLC is that the magic key is me for me. It's you for you. We are totally responsible for the results we've got so far today. And it is only you on the inside that will change that outcome in the future. And as an outcome to change it and to help you, can you work on skills as a daily commitment to make it even better? So uh, thank you, Eric and Vince, for a fabulous conversation. Yeah. As always, as always, if you need help with this in any shape or form, you can reach out to us uh, at RLC info at rlc-global.com. You can also uh, contact me direct, Dave at rlc-global.com. And our friends are both available too if you want to talk to them and get some business advice that goes along with this. Join us though in the rest of this week in prioritizing today, tomorrow, and every day for the next seven days, a skill commitment development that might make you better at what it is you're choosing to do.